Hello and welcome back to the RevOps show. Your customer experience has already started and it never ends. So what exactly does that mean and how can you make a more positive impact? Doug and Jess are discussing all of that and more today. They even get into the behind the scenes of Imagine and what our experience is like and where we could even be improving. So if you want an inside look, this is definitely the episode for you. Before we get into it, I would highly recommend you go grab a snack. There's a lot of food examples that will make you hungry. I can attest. I would know. I had to grab a snack. So, forewarning. And with that, let's get started. Jess. Doug. It's a Friday podcast recording. Are you excited? Can you put me out of my misery? I cannot. I cannot. Oh, my goodness gracious. Still working on that pause button. You know, I'm not complaining, Jess. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying if we had that. When did mm-hmm. I assign that to you as a KPI? Is that okay? Or- well, so I had mentioned to you, I was listening to some old recordings and we were actually talking about that OKR and that was over a year ago. So I think that was a sign. That was old then. That was old then. Yeah. So I think it was a sign to me about three or four years ago as an OKR. And have you made any progress? No, none whatsoever. I need a pause button so I can create the pause button. I guess it's my fault because you keep getting promoted and raises even though you basically totally ignored this OKR. So it's, I'm kind of positively reinforcing that behavior, aren't I? You, you, you are, you are. And I think that is the, that is the driver of my, my success is not having to create a pause button. <laughs> you know, I have to think about that one for a little <laughs> while. Well, just, I don't know what it's like in San, San Antonio, but it is just dreary and rainy here in, beautiful outside of downtown Severna Park. It is 91 degrees and sunny here. It was rainy a few days ago and I had a feeling it was going to get hot because it usually does after a storm. Are you guys supposed to get rain this weekend? I don't even know. I don't even know. We need it. Has it come in yet? Oh, oh man. Has it come in? Yep. It's bad. It's bad. Hot and humid. There you go. And it's only getting worse. <sighs> exactly. All right. I want to talk, you want about, to talk cust- about the humidity in San Antonio. I don't, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to talk about it. It makes me, it makes me angry. Um, I want to talk about customer experience though today. I want to talk about customer experience tell and RevOps role. Customer experience. Jess, <laughs> tell me, I'm going to sit back and tell me a bedtime story about customer experience. I don't think I can tell. I don't think it would be a good bedtime story. I don't know. <laughs> It's hard. It's hard, man. Um, it's hard, especially when you're when you're scaling a business. It, it's it seems like it's ten times harder. Actually, I think customer experience is effortless. It doesn't matter what you do; the customer has an experience. There we go. <laughs> the experience is always there. I don't even know where to go from that. Wow! I really. <laughs> you left me speechless. What can I say? Um. Well, I think where I want to start, I was going to ask you what customer experience is, but <laughs> I'm, I'm worried for the answer. I'm going to get to that. <laughs> what, what prompts the conversation for you to, 
today, Jess? Why, why, why is this on your mind? So that, this is probably on my mind more than anything. Cause I, cause as we've been, as we've been working on things internally and working to improve some of our processes, I am, I am thinking about how could we improve our customer experience and, and where are the friction points for them and, and where are the places that we could reduce some of that friction? Oh, so we're going to go, we're going to talk about friction again. I don't know if we can have an episode without talking about friction. What is, what does friction have to do with RevOps? <laughs> I mean, so what is customer experience? It's, it, it's, it's the experience that the customer has. Um, the, I, I, I think, you know, the p- part of the problem is, you know, customer experience is one of those terms. You know, it's not, it's not like strategy where everyone knows the word, but nobody knows what it means because it means something right. different every time they use it. You know, customer experience is one of those words that everybody, I, I, like they understand it, or at least they think they do. I, I, think, I think that the understanding across people is, is pretty close. But the moment you try to put it into words, to, to give it a, you know, definition. a definite, you know, a, a meaningful definition, I, I you know, it, it, it tends to fall into, I think, what was it? The um, Supreme Court for uh, the Supreme Court definition for obscenity or, um, or something was, um, I can't tell you what it is, but I know it when I see it or, or something like yeah. that. Um, it wasn't obscenity, but it was something, you know, yeah. Um, you know, it's one of those things like, I can't quite tell you what it is. And, and the reason is, I think it's like, I think it is the market facing equivalent of the word culture or the term and concept of culture internally. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so the difficulty is anytime you try to talk about culture, you start talking about the individual components of culture and culture always has an X factor. Yeah. But, but it also has a Y factor or let, let me call it a, a Z factor. Cause I don't want people to confuse Y as like the question why. You know, so so the X factor is there's there's a magic that you know to a culture. You mm-hmm. you you can't achieve great culture. I mean, being purposeful is helpful. It's actually kind of interesting. I think to have a great culture, to have a great customer experience, you have to be purposeful. But I think if you're too purposeful, you're less likely to have it. Why? It's like riding a wave, Jess. As as your local as your local surfing expert, you know Jess, you know what's happening in oh wow, fifteen days. What? Some kind of surfing competition? No. Oh, what, what what's happening in fifteen days, Jess? I don't know. I I don't know. Aloha. Oh, that's right. You're 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 abandoning me. I'm going to Hawaii. I think spend some time on the North Shore. Bring in my, For my for my wedding anniversary, you're going to Hawaii. <laughs> wow, I should have had, we should have known we were going to talk about this. I could have had the Beach Boys queued up. You could have. Uh, Hannah, add the Beach Boys um, so that we can get sued for violating. Um, so, it, you know, so much of life is influencing the experience and letting the experience influence you. It's like, you know, controlling your environment and, and, and riding what it is. If you try to, con- I mean, if you're overly purposeful, it's I, so, so again, you don't, there's no direct path to where you're going there. 
there's an accident. There's a role that luck plays. There's a role that situation there. There's, there's an unexpected level. You know, by the way, every great culture has something uniquely dysfunctional about it. Every great customer experience has something uniquely dysfunctional about it. You know, and by the way, you see this, you know, look, look at companies that have great customer experience. You know, Starbucks comes to mind. I don't think anybody says that the customer experience at Starbucks is what it was. And, 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 and at one point, the customer experience at Starbucks was what you bought. Yeah. Right. And, and so, I mean, if anybody could recapture the brand of customer experience, shouldn't it be somebody that already had it. Right. So like, you can't, um, so you're like, and I think if, if, if it's, it, it's kind of the difference between leadership and management, right? So, mm -hmm. so there, there's, there's an element. So, so there's, there, there's, there's a chemistry, there's a chemical reaction that, that, that is going to happen. So it's an accident, right? There's a great culture. There's a, there's a degree of accident in it. There's also a degree of luck. Yeah. Timing situation. Think about employee experience. A couple of years ago, there were some leading companies in the employee experience place that were professing the four day work week. And now everyone, you know, in this echo yeah. chamber of MarTech is talking about the four day work week. And I just saw somebody make some big, goofy, stupid announcement on their LinkedIn. We're no longer doing casual Fridays. We're no longer doing beer Fridays we're because we're closed on Fridays. We're going to a four day week. And it was just like, screw you. It was just like, so, and, and, and I, don't, I don't know who they are. Maybe they're a great company. Maybe they've got great, I don't know, but it's, but it, it, it just felt so much like, Hey, let me, you know, let, let, you know, let me jump on board. So, so there's just that aspect of you've got to allow, you know, a great customer experience is a unique experience. Say it's also a flexible experience because you you threw out influencing the experience and letting the experience influence you. So are you saying you've got to be you've got to be flexible and let the customer be your guide, if you will? No, you can't let. I mean, the, I mean, yes, the customer is your guide, but if you listen mm -hmm. to the customer, you're not going to create a great customer experience because the customer doesn't know what they want. <laughs> the customer didn't want an iPhone. I mean, here, here's a great point. Ask somebody, do you want more choice or less choice? What will they say? Less. They'll, well, they'll say they want more choice. Right. But they don't want more choice. Right. But, but you know, would, would a computer that gives you no choice or the computer that can be oh. whatever you want it to be, which one are you going to choose? I, see. Oh, I, I want more flexibility. I want the choice. No, you yeah. don't. Because yeah. when Apple took out the floppy disk, everyone said, oh, my God, what are you doing? And more, more Macs got sold. Yeah. You know, so... I'll, I'll tell you who gives a great customer experience. And, and you know, th this to me, actually, I can tell you, this is the definition of a great customer experience. I actually can give you definition. Are we going to talk about, are we going to talk about Zappos? Could be off. No. Okay. Why Zappos? Because I thought you had a great experience with them that you're, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> what was that? What was my, I mean, I like Zappos. I buy my shoes on Zappos. I think it was a pair of shoes that you bought that, that came wrong and they, they did you right. Oh yeah. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're, 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 that's customer service more than customer experience. Like, you know, oh, you know what fair. my customer experience with Zappos is? What? I don't really have one. I buy my shoes from them every couple of months because I walk all the time. Yeah. Right. You know what my customer experience with Amazon is? I don't have one. Everyone talks about Amazon. I mean, Amazon's got shit customer service and everyone talks about great customer experience. You know why? Because I'm going to tell you what great customer experience is. 
What's that? Every customer wants the exact same thing. They want what they want when they want it, preferably without having to ask. That's all I want. Well, I well, want what I want when I want it. And oh, by the way, I don't always know what I want. And a lot of times I was, what I tell you I want isn't what I want. And a great customer experience is when you give me what I want and I don't have to ask for it. Four so Seasons you, is great at that. Four Seasons is great at that. You know who else used to be great at that? Walmart used to be great at that. Walmart used to give a great customer experience. Now, I hated it. I never, I've never actually been in a Walmart in my life. But Walmart used to exist for the person who lived paycheck to paycheck. And it was built for them. And it delivered to them. Yeah. Apple gives a great customer experience. My brother hates Apple. Hate might be too strong. You know what? My brother is completely indifferent to Apple. My, my he husband care about Apple to hate it. My husband hates Apple. Right. So remember, hate is a lot closer to love than indifference is. <laughs> um, but but the, the 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 you know so so here again, what we go back to is we, you know we go back to choice. Mm. You know, I, I, I think that, um, I, I think that customer experience is this really interesting place where frankly, like lots of energy is wasted. Why is it wasted? Well, and you know, at the risk of being very easily misunderstood and theoretically one of the roles of this podcast is to spread our message and attract people to wow aren't 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 we great because i think that people look at at customer experience as a holy grail i think that very often it i think lots of money gets put into customer experience lots of time and energy gets put into customer experience and it 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 doesn't actually move the needle and then someone says well what's the role the customer experience plays at apple and i'm like yeah how many $2.7 trillion companies are there in the world? And, and, and by the way, if, if you take a look at it, um, you know, what is four season sells Four season sells the customer experience that, yeah, is that, yeah. that they sell, um, yeah. you know, and, and the reason that I, I mean, a, a long, long time ago, I, one of my first popular blog posts, which I think meant we like cracked 10 readers for it. Um, it actually got outside of my extended family. Um, someone outside, someone not related to me, read it, um, was defining, you know, what is a remarkable client experience? And, and, and I used Four Seasons as the example. And, and I got a lot of feedback on it. And what I saw was everyone took the interpretation that, you know, Four Seasons, Apple, premium, upscale. And that's why I wrote a follow-up post where I talked about Walmart as great customer experience. And I think that people look at Walmart and they would not like when you think Walmart, you don't think great customer experience again, except that I, like, I think there's two things that are m massively important. If you're going to focus on, um, let me finish one thought. I think customer experience is a good to great and probably even a very good to great discipline. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you, you've got other stuff broken. It needs to be fixed. You, you, like you can't even create a great customer experience, right? So, so it, by the way, the other thing, the other place is customer experience falls to platitudes. It's one of the great lands of platitudes. Delight your customer, provide a wow experience, um, always exceed expectations. So, so I think that two things need to happen. Um, there, there are, there are two elements that are absolutely required for a great customer experience. And one is mm -hmm. deep understanding of your customer. 
who is your customer. And, and let me tell you, if you want to provide a great customer client experience, you need to know your customer better than you do to sell well. Right. Yeah. Right. And I meet all kinds of companies that want to, you know, who strive and spend money and work to create a great, and they don't, you know, they don't understand who their customer is. They don't see the world through their customer's eyes. Um, because, because, you know, customer experience is defined by the customer. It's like brand. You don't define your brand. By the way, your customer doesn't define your brand. It's everybody that comes into contact with you and says, or does anything about you. They define your brand. Um, so, so one is you have to have a deep understanding of your customer. And the other is you have to have a deep understanding of, and, and, and you work towards expectations. You know, who's got, you know, who, you know, who is considered to have a great customer experience and certainly from a satisfaction and loyalty standpoint in the world of airlines was always referred to as the, you know, great customer experience, Southwest airlines, yep. but but you know what else Southwest Airlines was referred to back when it was called the great customer experience and when it was referred to as having great client or customer experience, it was called the Greyhound of the skies, right? Why did Southwest Airlines that gave you less? Why were people so much happier with them? Because they promised a whole lot less. Yep. Right. They didn't promise this luxury experience. They didn't promise this aspirational experience. So, so, so people tend to tie, you know, experience to, to, to aspirational. I mean, we, we worked with the company that, that the CEO, you worked at a company, you know, one of, one of my favorite stories is a story about your old boss, where he showed me a new brochure. It was, I'm not, not just brochure. It's like a whole corporate book. Yeah. And I mean, it was beautiful. It was high gloss, et cetera. I said, you can't use this. He's like, what do you mean? Yeah. I said, this, this needs to be on a matte finish. You can't do high gloss. He's like, what, you think it'll look better on matte? I'm like, no, it'll look worse on matte. But what this is saying is if you're expensive, is luxury and expensive. And what your what your customer cares about is controlling costs. Yep. Right. So he and you know, one of his one one of the reasons why I don't think he ever got the stability that that and he worked hard for it. Yeah. And and one of the never got it was because he kept trying to dictate what the experience should be rather than understanding, no, this is what people want. Right. You know, and the number of times that I see people doing all kinds of things that that are wonderful from an experience standpoint kind of sorta but like that's not what i'm here for by the way you know why I, you know one of the reasons why i go to zappos to buy my shoes why because there's no experience you don't want an experience that's what that's what you want is no experience yeah think about this what 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 what's the ideal experience when you purchase a pair of shoes especially if you're buying the same pair of shoes that you had before because they've worn out. What's the best experience? It's easy. They fit. They completely and totally un I'm sorry, completely and totally forgettable. Yeah, non-event. Yeah. So so if you think about it, anything I notice about the experience is wrong. Is bad. Yeah. Like why do airlines have a problem with 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 experience and with satisfaction? Oh. What's the what's the ideal flight? By the way, there's two reasons. You do know, a lot of people say that that airlines don't have a customer service philosophy. You know, they do have a customer service They do, service. they clear. do, because I used to, especially because I used to work at the travel, travel do, you, do you know what their industry. customer experience philosophy is? Get as many people on the plane as possible. No, 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 it's actually very clear service philosophy. We're not happy until you're not happy. You're not happy, that's right. So think about this, What what what's the ideal flight? 
leaves on time, arrives on I'm, time and get there safely and no turbulence. Yep. The flight I remember is a bad flight. Yep. hundred percent. Right. So, so, so the, the, the desired expectation is nothing. Well, guess what? First off, you can't exceed that. And secondly, that's a really hard thing to manage. Right. And, and, and then thirdly, and I've seen all kinds of airlines waste all kinds of money on the idea of experience. Oh, yeah. Thirdly, the airline that gives me the great experience and the airline that gives me a shitty experience. Oh, that airline with a shitty experience is $5 less. Guess what? That's where they go and they buy. Right. So yeah, you know, we, we, we work in multifamily, right. And, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of debate around customer experience and, you know, and obviously that's where somebody lives. So it's like to say experience doesn't matter is, is not true. But, but if you think about it, the only thing, in, in, in the vast majority, there, there are edge exceptions, but for the ma vast majority of people who are renting an apartment, okay. a customer experience can cause me to leave, but it's not going to cause me to renew. Right. Oh my God. I have to move three States away. Like my, my jobs move three States away, but the experience here, I'm staying here. I'll just drive to work. Right. It, it, you know, and again, I'm exaggerating for effects. So, so like, by the way, what role does revenue operations play towards that? Yeah. Some of it is that revenues, you know, I mean, well, first off, there's a larger strategic element to define what, you know, what's the game we're playing? What's the playing field? What are the key drivers? Are, are we anchored, you know, are, are, are we anchoring around operational excellence? Are we anchoring around superiority? Are we anchoring around, um, co-creation are we anchoring around anchoring around enrichment slash slash experience so you know if you're selling um premium coffee what customer experience means to you is something very 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 different than if i'm a gas station that happens to yeah. have coffee right so you know like all those things come into it and, and and i think to a large part you know again if you go back to one of our definitions of what is the role of revenue operations it's you know, to lead the managing of the trade-offs to solve for the customer and meet the objectives, right? And, and, and the thing that's interesting is I see far too often the customer experience is, is, is narcissism in the guise of empathy. Wow, we're, 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 we're feeling in a positive mood on this Friday. I am salty. <laughs> sunshine, sunshine and rainbows today. Um, you, just, you just prompted something that I wasn't, I wasn't planning on going here, but what, where you talked about the anchors, I mean, so is, is part of RevOps's job to help clarify what we're hiring, what we're hiring for. So like, I think about we, when we talk about jobs to be done, we often talk about the McDonald's example. I can't remember the guy's name <laughs> who, who talked Ray about this. Clay, Clayton Christensen. Yes. 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 Which one? Uh, well, where you talked about the milkshake oh, with Clayton McDonald's, Christensen. Clayton Christensen. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, by the way, about... I don't think he ever in anywhere actually says it's McDonald's. I learned it was McDonald's. Oh, okay. So if well, you read any of his stuff, it never says. Head. It got put in my head McDonald's. So he talked about a fast food restaurant mm -hmm. and, and people were buying milkshakes. He didn't even say fast food, but milk... anyways, so go on, go on. Yeah. What are you hiring the, hiring the milkshake for? Right. And I have a lot of our uh, new new employees watch that so they can understand jobs to be done. And it's it's a ridiculous prospect of what are we hiring a milkshake for? Like when you when you think about it on one hand. On the other hand, you need to know that so you know what are you 
like what do you well, want that client experience to be well well but if if you also think about it um it's not actually ridiculous and by the way it was worth billions of dollars so there's oh some... no I, i'm just saying on on its face when you but, when you say that it sounds it sounds crazy but 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 so so here's the thing so what what what's the customer experience so so i'm buying a milkshake because i'm using it you know the job i'm hiring it for is 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 a distraction for my commute so how thick should the milkshake be well if it's too thick then i'm going to get frustrated if it's too thin if it's too liquidy then i'm going to get through it too fast yet if i'm with my son in the afternoon and I've told him no three times. And so he says, daddy, daddy, can I have a milkshake? And we go, okay, you know what? I probably want the milkshake to be a little bit thicker because, and, and, and by the way, you, you know what you'll find out dad with their son or daughter who bought that, you know, is buying them a milkshake late in the afternoon and they sit down. That might be the only time in the week that they actually talk to each other without an agenda. Yeah. And so I want it to be thicker. I don't, you know, I, and like all of those right. things come in and that's going to define what the experience is. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, the job to be done though, I don't think job to be done is like to say RevOps's job is to be the job to be done police or people. I think that's mm -hmm. everybody's job, but, but I right. do think, and this is going to get misunderstood because we're going to talk about this uh, in a future episode because someone referred to RevOps as a wartime discipline. Um, and I was like, whoa. Um, RevOps is a wartime discipline when a company is in trouble. Every good organization needs a son of a bitch. Where is that coming from? <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm working on a project that I'm not ready to tell people about, but, but, and I'm not the first person to profess this. I'm not saying this is original by any means, but one of the right. things that I refer to was, you know, companies don't have growth problems. They have story problems. Yep. Right. Doesn't that feel warm and fuzzy? It does. What's the vision? Where's your innovation? How are you distinct? Those are all big concepts. Yep. Right. And when you, especially, you know, when you're dealing with strategy and direction, we need to align our vectors. Like we could talk about that forever. Like that, like we're filled. Hey, you know what? We're doing this because, right. Right. Um, personalize. Okay. So how much time should I spend research on research? Somebody needs to like, all that is true. And you know what else? All that doesn't mean shit. And so somebody needs to be the one that kind of sees through the platitude. You know, I, I, I do think that RevOps, a good RevOps mm -hmm. person, has a, has a dose of skepticism. Now, skepticism is distinctly different from cynicism. They can look and feel the same. Yeah. A lot of people say I'm a cynic, and I'm actually not a cynic. I'm way too optimistic to be a cynic. I would have burnt civilizations were I a cynic. I mean, I'm, you know, it'd be dangerous if I was actually cynical. I am a skeptic. Yeah. Right. We, you know, we were talking with our client in the home building industry and, 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 and he gets the upside of technology in this. And we were talking about the fact, one of the things that makes him such a good leader is he also understands that that's all good. That's all nice, but that's all accoutrements around the end they they, they, right. they make degrees of difference so so they're valuable but it's really easy to get lost into that loop and so i think RevOps job is to say okay where's the trade-off are you ready for this is the juice worth the squeeze there it is we got it in right and and it's <laughs> yeah. also easy to get lost in 
you know, I, I, I think a great metaphor for customer experience and designing a customer experience is parenting. Because by the way, if you're too purposeful as a parent, mm. what's going to happen to your kids? They're going to be a mess. They're going to, they're going to, yeah, they're going to expect, yeah, yeah. But, but, but they're, they're, they're going to feel controlled. They're yep. going to feel like you're a helicopter. Right? Oh, okay. Yep. If you're too loosey-goosey as a parent, they're going to be screwed. Yeah. If you're so just gonna right, they're going to be screwed. You're going to screw your kids one way or the other. doesn't matter. Right. You can't purposefully raise great kids because you can do everything right. And it, and you don't have great kids and all kids are great, by the way, for the record, all kids are great, but you, you know, you know what I'm saying? There, there's, there's yeah. an aspect of you try to create the environment that enables that to happen. You know, that that's what you can do. Cause what I see happening, eliminate, what's the role of friction, eliminate friction, eliminate friction, friction in customer experience is bad. Ready for this bullshit. Why is that bullshit? Because that, that's something I think everybody goes to is, is wanting to eliminate all the friction in the customer experience. Why is that? Why is that bullshit? Is a two hour line friction or not? A two hour line mm -hmm. for what? I have to wait in line for two hours to buy a dozen donuts. Yes, that's friction. Then someone explain the new Krispy Kreme that opens up. <laughs> is running out of the product friction or not? Then someone explained to me the craze for Popeye's new chicken sandwich, which had a two hour line and you might not, and it, and they might be out of it by the time you get there. Yep. And I don't care what anybody says. Part of the reason that you wanted that chicken sandwich was because there was a two hour line. You know what Yogi Berra says? He says a lot of things. <clears throat> the, that place is, is too popular. So no one goes there anymore. Right. Um, yep. was start would Starbucks be Starbucks without the line? No, no. Right. Yeah. Part of the experience is, and by the way, I drink Starbucks coffee. So I'm, I, I went online for my coffee. I don't walk into some Seven Eleven and just self port. Right. Yeah. So you're saying we want to all wait in line because you're saying we want friction. No, I'm saying that, that in the same way, if I were to eliminate all friction for my kids, mm -hmm. You know, and I mean, the research is, is clear. Every, every child will say they don't want to be told what to do. Right. Except they do want to be told what to do. And then as we get older and we move up, I mean, let me ask you a question, Jess. Remember when you didn't want to be told what to do? I do. How many times do you feel right now? I just want someone to tell me. This isn't fair. Cause we talked about this earlier today. <laughs> yeah, no, I, right? I, so, I wish so, someone would tell me all the things all the time. Yeah. Now, by the way, if Dunkin' Donuts started having those lines for coffee, no, that's not a good customer experience. So again, it's, you know, it, it's what are you crafting? Um, you know, and, and, and by the way, when Starbucks started doing a couple of other things, you know, fell back over here and there, all of a sudden, like, I remember when I would, when I would travel, I'd be in an airport and I would look for the Starbucks. Like I would, there was one time, I think I walked the entire airport and I found the one Starbucks. And then you know, they stopped doing the things that made them Starbucks. And then all of a sudden it was like, nah, I'll just get this. So, so, you know, it's not just the line. Yeah. I've said before that everything that is distinct, everything that is great is friction is an, is a, is a friction experience. Yeah. So going back to airlines, do you know mm -hmm. what I want in an airline experience? I want no friction, right? 
a no friction experience is totally and completely forgettable. Right. Right. And, and so, you know, I identifying where that friction is identifying what's there. So like, let's talk about our client experience. Let's talk about yeah. our customer experience. It's completely frictionless and everybody loves us. They, we, we anticipate their needs. Everything is kept clear. So, so honestly, I lose a lot of sleep about our customer experience. Okay. I don't lose a lot of sleep about it, but I do lose sleep about it. You're not the only one. You know why I lose sleep about it? No. Why do you so You lose sleep about it? Because you don't think it's where it needs to be. Yes, I do. See, That's I not why you more, lose sleep. I lose more sleep about it because of that. And then I think I'm not sure we'd be better off if it was where we wanted it to be. What does that mean? I mean, first off, you have a what? Go on. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go because you would help me. I was going to say, um, not what does that mean, but why? Why do you say you don't know that we would be better off? Like, how would we not be better off if it's if our customer experience was better? So, so what about our customer experience? Do you feel like? Oh wow, you're going to give me like the top two or three that don't embarrass us too much. No, no, feel free to embarrass (laughs) us. Um, I don't, I don't think that we proactively communicate as, as frequently as we should. Um, and I think, I mean, you, you've referenced this a few times in conversations this week. I feel like sometimes we're a, we're a black box. It's, it's hard to tell where we're at as far as deliverables go and, and what, what's coming up next. So what would you have to do to solve that so that it was where you wanted it to be? What would that look like? What would happen? Wow. Wow. Um, I mean, so, so more proactive communication. So having, having ways to, to trigger that and, and to, to, to trigger the team for that to happen, to trigger those, those notifications to the client. Um, and then we would need, we would need more people. Well, I don't know. I don't know if more people's the solution, we but sh- okay. More, okay. We would need people more people. alone wouldn't solve it, but we would need more people. Okay. More people. By, by, by the way, why do we not communicate it sometimes? Well, because I'm, I'm so busy working on this. I don't have time yep. to communicate it. So right. Get, right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, more of, of certain types of people more, right. So, so would we be better off? Would our clients be better off if we were 25% more expensive for the same thing, but we communicate it better? No. Okay. It wouldn't. No. Um, what's one of the reasons why, and, and please pe- team at imagine if you're listening to this, which you better be listening to this. This is not like, if any of you bring this up when we're talking about this, trust me, I have all the rationale and arguments to explain to you why it's different from what I'm talking about. Um, one of the things that makes us special is that we will change direction when we see the facts on the ground or the situation on the ground change. Right. Right. Well, if, if, if we're going to be communicating proactively and like, I know some, some of, I know some people that are in professional services, they advise, I think they're exceptional at that type of proactive communication, but you know what they're doing? They're doing the same thing every time. And that's what they do. And that's what they do. And that's what they do. By the way, take a look at some of our quote unquote competitors where they have become more efficient. And what you're talking about there is efficiency. And then what happens when something pops up that's off the course that was planned? Everything short circuits. Yeah. 
right? Where do we excel? So, so if you think about it, the type of person that we hire would have to be different. The way we're structured would have to be different. So, so you come into those places and then I ask you, do people buy from us because of complete clarity about the status of everything? Is that why they buy from us? No, it's not. Why do they buy from us? Because we have a unique take. That's we... not why they buy from us. Because they've got hard shit that needs to be done. Yeah. And they're not sure who else can do it or what needs to be done. Yeah, I, I will say I like what you brought up about about will will shift. I can't remember the words exactly used, but that will shift as soon as we see the need to shift because I know that's the place where we get the most customer appreciation when those things happen and we're able to make adjustments. I'll tell you a place where we get even more positive feedback. What's that? After they get frustrated because we told them something they don't want to hear. Yeah. Think about the think about the meeting we had yesterday. If if quote unquote a friction a low friction experience making it easy et cetera were were what we wanted, we mm. would not have engaged in the conversation that yep. that that they had, right? Which, which would have been a disservice. And you know what? The reason that they're going to work with us and they're going to continue to work with us and they're going to add the next project is because they know we're going to tell them what they don't want to hear. Right. Right. And, and, and you know what happens at a certain point? And, and I thought about this with, man, I'm giving away some of the store. Maybe we don't want to publish this episode. Um, we have more relationships that where we did really good stuff and it ends Rocky. It, it, like there's, there's a piece of me that goes, you know what? I would really love it if more of our relationships ended on a high note. Mm. Um, as a matter of fact, I would love it if all of our relationships ended on a high note. Sure. But, but I think honestly, we would be creating less value for the customers that we work with if that were the case. Yeah. Be because one of the things that happens too, is there, there can be a shelf life to, to what we do. There, there is a point it's like, you know, why do great managers sometimes need to be fired to go to another team? Is it because they're not you know, they were a great manager, then all of a sudden it stops working, they get fired. Do they stop being a great manager? No, that's not the case because they go to the next place. I mean, look at Bill Parcells, yep. right? There, there, there was a time where, you know, that that aspect of it yep. loses its effectiveness. It needs a little bit of a different game, et cetera. And so now what, what are, are there places that we need to improve? Absolutely, positively. Are there, are there mistakes that we're making that we shouldn't be making? Yes, absolutely, positively. But, but here's where it comes to where customer experience gets screwed. Um, and, and I would encourage people to read the book, um, Three Disciplines of Market Leaders, I think is what it was called by Fred Worsema, Michael Treacy, um, or read our blog post article on the four value proposition foundations. And that is you have to anchor on a foundation. So our value proposition foundation anchor is superiority. We are going to bring you an insight that you can't get anywhere else. We're going to bring you an approach that you can't get anywhere else. We're going to solve problems that you can't do anywhere else. And by yep. the way, the people that love us and the people that fire us all say the same thing. I've had the research done. We did things that we didn't think we were going to be able to do because we work with them. Now, yep. people who love us said, and that was amazing. And the people who fired us said, and, you know, it got to the point where it just became a little bit too disruptive and we just needed to smooth things out. But yet it had a, you know, they had a positive impact. Right. Um, so, you know, so, so superior is where we anchor ourselves. Operational excellence is not where we anchor ourselves. So, so 
are, should we allocate our resources to make sure that nothing ever gets to somebody late? Well, well, not if it takes a resource away from doing something unique, different, big, should, should we, you know, proactive, like all, all those pieces come about and where people get screwed up in, in their customer experience is they mix their foundations. You can't be great at everything. You know, Drew on, on their, um, let's play RevOps show made, mm. made a comment that said, you can't fix everything. And the point that he was trying to make was no one has the time or resources to be able to fix everything. Right. And I, and I, and I talked to him after the show and I'm saying, I don't think you know how wise and insightful that statement was, because even if you had all of the resources and time to quote unquote, fix everything, everything can't be fixed because fixing one thing that impacts, and, and, well, not just impacts, it's breaking something else. Right. Right. Yeah. And so if I'm fixing this, I'm making the decision to break that. Yep. Right. And if you try to be everything, then you, you know, then you get, you know, you, you have high expectations around everything and you're, you're sure to disappoint. So some of it is saying, what is the expectation supposed to be? Right. What is the value proposition? How do we manage to the value proposition? How do, I mean, does Apple really, Apple has a reputation for experience and service. Does Apple really give good service? Is it no. really, you can't get a hold of anybody. You can't talk to anybody. I don't think that their support Twitter handle has ever actually tweeted anything, right? You tried. Um, <laughs> you know, Henry Ford gave you great choice as long as you want it black, you know, any color you want, as long as it's black. Right. And, and, and so why, yeah. why is Apple a great experience? Because they are what they say they are. They do what they say they do. And, and, and so revenue operations job is to operationalize that. Cause I'll tell you what, if you're growing and scaling and you're not operationalizing the experience, then you've got no chance. And to be the son of a bitch to take the platitudes and the puffery and the feel goods, because I'll tell you what, if you're in business, the customer experience decision is a business decision, right? Should you support the civil rights of your employees as a company? Yes, unconditionally, right? That is not a business issue. Right. Should right. you treat all of your people with respect? Yes, unconditionally, that is not a business issue. The yep. experience that you provide, the experience that you strive to provide, that is a choice. It is a business issue and it needs to be managed through that lens of the experience is a series of trade-offs. And that means some people will love it. Some people will hate it. And if you're deeply involved in it, it's going to be like watching your kid play baseball and you know everything wrong. You know everything that's being right. done wrong and you can't stand it, right? And then three parents come up and go, oh my God, your son was amazing behind the plate today. And you're like, yeah, no, he got lucky on that one. Cause then, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah no, 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 thanks. Right. And, um, my, it's that, my, it's my every day with the team, Doug, <laughs> I've never heard it articulated so well. How right? I feel. And, and, and so like, that's the place and, and, you know, and I'll tell you, I mean, products have it easier than, than, than services do. Um, but, but you know what, 
we deal with people on hard problems. We, we, they hire us to do yep. hard shit. Yep. Yep. Part of our experience is we, we, we don't hide from the hard. Right. Yeah. Where do yep. you put that in your customer experience? Right. Who disagrees that the business process needs to drive the technology? No one. But how many people actually stick to it? Very they few. don't. Not, not, not a lot. Cause right. it's hard. Cause it's yeah. the hard work. Yeah. yeah. Cause that's not what people want to talk about. No. So I got a couple of key takeaways. Wow. This, this, we didn't even get to like half of my questions. <laughs> Do we ever? No, no, usually we don't. We usually don't. Um, I, the, having a deep understanding of the customer and expectations and managing those expectations is key. And I think, you know, our, our favorite, your favorite saying, our favorite saying on the, on the podcast, juice worth the, is the juice worth the squeeze. And I think that's a question that people don't ask themselves enough when talking about client experience, because we're always wanting to please the customer and we, we overcompensate there. We don't really talk about is the juice worth the squeeze when we're talking about client experience, customer experience. So I'm going to give two more things as a takeaway. Number one is uh, strive for your ideal, but always measure your customer experience on progress because the more progress you make, the worse it'll feel. But then I really want to hit one question that you didn't ask, which is where, when does customer experience start? Do you know what the answer is? As soon as you, as nope. soon as they become aware of you. Nope. Okay. Well, when it already did, it already did. Why do you say that? I don't want to, why do you say that? Because it already, our customer experience for someone who learns about us tomorrow already started. Everything that happened before, everything. Is by the way, you don't, con, you don't control your entire customer experience. Liquid expectations, look it up. Their, their experience with other things, the contact that they've had, who do they associate? Like it, it already happened. So like, where does it start? Like this is not, customer experience is not a process. It is There's an experience. Your takeaway. There's your it, takeaway. It is so, not so by a the process. way, for those of you that are wondering, my point is it's already started. So, and, and by the way, you know when it ends? Never. When they die. <laughs> when they die. How many people, by the way, sometimes leave us? Maybe they were really frustrated. And two years later, they're singing our praises. Two years later. I mean, how many people leave with some disruption and 18 months later come back? How yeah. many times have, have I said, hey, guess who talked to us again? And you're like, they're coming back? Yeah. <laughs> We've had a few of those. We've had right. people reach out to us even just because and it wasn't maybe a great experience when they left it reached out to us about questions or, or issues to get our take on it. So I, I, we've had ones that, you know, ended Rocky and all of a sudden, like 18 months later, we get two referrals from them. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. So, so again, that experience, you know, so again, it never, it's already started and it doesn't end. So get on it. Cool. This was all fun. Right. Here we go. We should do these when I'm salty more often. We should. We and should. It, it's not like it's hard to find times when I'm salty. No, no, it's not. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pick those days from now on. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining. We'll talk to you on the next show. And that's a wrap on this episode of the RevOps show. Customer experience is a business issue and should be dealt with properly. The biggest thing you should remember about this is that you need to know your customer sometimes better than themselves and what they want. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, and share the episode. If you have any questions you would like to ask Doug or Jess about customer experience or anything RevOps related, email me at hannah at imaginellc.com or hit us up on Twitter at DemandCreator. Until next time, remember, you can't solve your upstream problems downstream.